Hello and welcome to another episode of Cyberspeak with InfoSec Institute. Today's guest is Curtis Brazel, Managing Security Consultant with cybersecurity firm Pondurance. Curtis and I are going to be talking about the methodologies and the day-to-day operations involved in Red Team Operations. Curtis Brazel is a Managing Security Consultant at Pondurance, a managed detection and response security services firm. Curtis manages the penetration and application testing teams at Pondurance. With a lifelong passion for all things IT, he brings a well-rounded skill set to the team. His prior roles include professional experience as a database administrator, systems administrator, senior security analyst in a global SOC, and a lead digital forensics investigator and malware analyst. Curtis has created his own intrusion detection and response platform in his free time and loves to tinker with innovative ideas. He also likes spending time with his family and being outdoors. Curtis, thank you for being indoors with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, well, before I uh, get into uh, your history and so forth, I'm curious about this in your bio here. Um, tell me a little bit about your intrusion detection and response platform that you've been building in your free time. Yeah, so um, I, I created my own uh, little company um, based on the idea of um, taking some open, tor- uh, open source tools and um, routers specifically okay. and trying to make like an intrusion detection um, platform for home consumers. So the idea was there was a remote security operations center um, that responded to um, threats that you would see over the network um, and then be able to respond to those and, and help people that had malware infestations on inter- you know, their Internet of Things devices or their PCs and, and, and what have you. Wow. And, and um, this is something you've been, is sort of like a work in progress then? Are you still working on it? Yeah, I am still working on it a little bit. Um, I spent a lot of time on it uh, in the last few years, and, and I'm, 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 I'm thinking I'm going to open source it at this point. Cool. Um, I'm starting to put it on my, on my GitHub repository. Very interesting. So uh, it sounds like this has kind of been in your blood for a long time. Can you tell me a little bit how you got started in computers and security? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so computers have been a big passion of mine since, since I was a little kid. Um, in the third grade, I was fortunate enough uh, that my school um, were donated some uh, original Macintoshes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was obsessed from the beginning. Um, I tried to do everything I could on the computer, uh, tried to push it to its limits, see what I could do. Hmm. Um, my dad saw that passion of mine and um, got a compact Rosario PC with Windows 95 on it. Wow. Uh, 233 megahertz. Um, oh, yeah. Screen <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, that was really what opened the door for me. Um, I did some um, web design on my own at that time, really started learning Visual Basic, um, thought I wanted to be a developer for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and then uh, really got into security probably around uh, 1998. Um, there, were, there was this website called CrashMe.com. Um, don't know if anybody remembers that. There was a Windows 98 vulnerability. Um, visiting the web page would cause your PC to crash. It was blue screen. And since nobody really patched frequently back then, uh, almost everybody was affected. Um, so I reverse engineered some of that code, um, played around with it, put it in a one-by-one pixel, started sending around the buddies as a, as a joke, and um, really learned that uh, if I'm not careful, there's a dark side to this security yeah. world. And so I really wanted to help people um, fix their computers. So I did a lot of that. I was like the known as the uh, the kid in the community that fixed the computers for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's really how I got my start. So that, it sounds like you were pretty early on. You you both understood the sort of power, but also the responsibility of 
of understanding things from a, a break it and then fix it kind of perspective. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so today I want to talk to you specifically about uh, a topic that's been uh, sort of a hot topic around here, uh, specifically red teams and the concept of red teaming as a, uh, uh, you know, vulnerability testing system. It's a topic our listeners are very excited about. So uh, to those just coming to the topic, could you explain what red teaming is and what their primary purpose is and sort of how you can differentiate this from, say, penetration testing or vulnerability research or other other forms of Things like yeah, that. so great, great question, Chris. I think, um, you know, when it comes to red teaming, um, you're referring to uh, an advanced um, targeted real world attack. Um, and so it's like penetration testing in, in a sense um, that you're taking it one step vulner- uh, further than vulnerability t- uh, scanning. You're not just identifying vulnerabilities, but you're actually exploiting them. Okay. Um, that would be penetration testing. And then red teaming is taking it a step further. It's throwing the the black box mentality into it, the not knowing, um, not being provided the assets up front, maybe by the, by the organization, um, going in kind of blind, not knowing your IP ranges and things like that. Um, a lot of that reconnaissance up, up front work you have to do yourself. And unlike pen testing, red teaming usually involves uh, doing a lot more stealthy operations and uh, more advanced tactics than you might otherwise do uh, with a traditional pen test. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's sort of where a lot of the interest is right now is that it has a kind of a cloak and dagger vibe to it and that there's, you know, the, the people like to talk about the sort of physical aspects of it and, and, and the break-ins and so forth. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. The physical part is a very big part, part of it too. Um, so going on site, dropping USB devices that have might have, you know, remote access Trojans on there and, and things like that are very much in scope sometimes for these tests um, as well as, um, advanced spear phishing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're really simulating a, a real a real world attack, um, sometimes that's phishing. Ninety one percent of breaches, I think I read in a Verizon report, um, come from a phishing attack. So we often throw those in as well. Um, not your typical Nigerian prince, you know, type email schemes, right. but something very targeted. So you've you've been a lead appsec tester, a penetration tester, systems analyst, and plenty of other things. So what was it that made you want to go further into this kind of high intensity process, like zero zero day operations and red teaming? Yeah, um, another great question. So uh, for me, that was really just uh, kind of a natural progression. Um, mm-hmm. I very much like penetration testing. I like every aspect of security, um, but I think I wanted to take things a little bit further, see if I could figure out, you know, how much I. Could push the envelope. Uh, I think there is a part of it that's a thrill. Um, it's not as Hollywoodish in real life, but I think sure. there is that element, right, where you're, you're breaking in and, and legally doing as much as you can under the radar. I think that's pretty fun. Right. And yeah, and, and I, I've heard from a few other people who have talked to us about red teaming that there's the it's part of the excitement is the problem solving in the moment, you know, that you're, you're seeing right. things sort of being thrown up in front of you and you have to sort of think fast and figure your way around it. Yep, exactly. So um, since red teaming as a process is by nature quite secretive and a lot of what we hear about it is, is hearsay and, you know, again, sort of has a Hollywood vibe to it. Let's start at the beginning. So what, what makes a good m- member of a red team? Like if you're putting a red team together, what, quali- what, what qualifications and skills are you looking for? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, a variety of different skills is what's uh, really going to make a good red teamer. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people, including myself, on my team here at Ponderance, we um, have varying backgrounds from, from IT. Um, so I came from a database administration role myself. Uh, we have ex-network administrators, ex-firewall admins. 
um, developers. And I really think those skill sets come in handy when you're working on a problem. It's really nice to know if you're attacking a network, what the underlying infrastructure looks like. And I think having that diverse skill set uh, really makes a good red teamer. So does uh, each person who has sort of their own background, do they, is that sort of their primary focus within the red team? You know, the web or the developer person does stuff related to that or does everyone kind of do a little bit of everything? I think sometimes you have a natural progression um, based on your background to do certain things. Um, I obviously focused on things like SQL injection um, when I first got started in the security field. Um, some of the developers came over and started doing some advanced application security type testing. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, I, I think it's good to have a, a, a wide skill set. And the best way to do that is to just cross train and, and everybody kind of gets thrown into it in the, in, the same, in the same realm. So if you wanted to get into this line of work uh, and you're already in security or even if you're not in security, what uh, experience qualifications or accomplishments should you be able to point to that would make you desirable to other members of Red Team? Yeah, again, so um, the most important thing for me is um, just to having a passion. Um, when I'm looking to hire people into the team, um, if somebody's passionate about security, um, it usually stands out. Um, you know, if you have that desire to, to tinker around and do things at home, um, the experience, in, in my opinion, is kind of a byproduct of having that passion and curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of pen testers by nature um, want to see if they can break things. Um, and then, you know, you have to also want to fix things later, be able to document the, the findings. Um, yeah. But I think um, having that background, doing online capture the flags, things like that, those are all really good uh, resources to get into. Okay. Um, we know that, uh, you know, red teams, we've already discussed this, have differentiated from penetration testers and white hat hackers via their aggressive process, but sort of in a moment to moment process, how do red teams actually work? What are they trying to uncover and what is their sort of unique approach to the task? Yeah, so um, I think um, the big thing is just to simulate a real-world attack as accurately as possible. Mm -hmm. And so um, obviously the, the, the bad guys, the, the real um, actors out there, are not going to be following a certain set of rules. They may not be testing during business hours. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be throwing more advanced tactics at it, um, zero days, um, like I mentioned, phishing campaigns, things like that mm -hmm. that may otherwise not be in scope in a traditional pen test. So uh, without giving away too many secrets of the trade, what are some of the common methodologies that red teams regularly employ in their work? So like say you get a, you get a commission and you arrive on site or, you know, wherever you are, like what are, what are, where do you start and how do you escalate and sort of what is your sort of like flow chart? Yeah. So good question. Um, I think that can kind of go however um, you want it to go, but I think um, for, with your example, let, let's go with that scenario where we, we went on site, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting in through the door. Um, we have um, RF badge scanners that we use. Um, a lot of the guys on the team are, are, are lock pickers as well. Wow. Um, so, you know, and then mostly it, it, you can just walk in and then tailgate somebody um, to get in. And, and that's yeah. kind of a sad reality, but yeah, it's distressingly it's, easy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we can do that. Um, once you get inside, you know, maybe you can plug into an open port in a lobby somewhere. Um, maybe you analyze the, the wireless traffic and, and the local um, LAN isn't se segmented from the public, you know, wireless LAN. Um, and you can get in that way. Um, rubber duckies are something that we take on, on site a lot. Hmm. Um, so we're doing, you know, those kind of physical USB type of attacks as well okay. uh, to see if we can't compromise at least one workstation on the environment and then move laterally and, and compromise, you know, the domain is kind of the end goal there. 
do you have uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like maybe like chess or something do you have like a go-to set of like opening gambits that you do with with most you know commissions or is it really like every every new project is different Every project's different, but I would say it depends on the on the pen tester. Mm -hmm. um, for me, um, when I'm red teaming, I like to start with fishing just because it is um, so easy um, to compared to the traditional. You know, looking for vulnerabilities and exploiting those on the perimeter. Um, nowadays, you know, you don't see as many um, low, as much low hanging fruit on the outside. Um, so you have to get creative and try different um, fishing tactics. Um, one of the things I try to do is see if they have a, a VPN on the outside. Mm. Um, so if they have, you know, Cisco, uh, a VPN, any any connect, I, I look for that client. I see if I can capture the, their credentials with a clever phishing campaign, um, get their two-factor authentication token if it's, you know, uh, required, and then use that VPN client to get on the internal network. That'll, that'll usually be my go-to. So I, I imagine also if you are able to get in early with a phishing attack, that says you you kind of learn a lot about the culture of the place anyway. Yeah, that's that's correct. So you're you're doing a research up front to see if they use Office 365, you know, what their environment really looks like um, before you go in with a with a campaign. So what kind of companies employ red teams to try and attack their defenses? Like what level of security should a company already have in place before they decide to sort of bring on the uh, the, the atom bomb here, such as it were? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that in my experience, um, all companies should eventually get to the point where they're red team ready, um, where they're you know in a position uh, with a strong security uh, posture where they can do some advanced um, you know red teaming activities. Um, that's not for everybody right out of the gate. It depends on the security maturity of that organization. So right. uh, if you have a company that's just now getting into security, um, maybe they haven't done any vulnerability scanning or they just started doing vulnerability scanning, I think it makes most, the most sense um, for that organization to you know, start there, um, make sure they get rid of you know, all the low-hanging fruit type vulnerabilities out there, and then kind of bring in the big guns when they're ready to do the, the red teaming. Um, is there a benefit to having like a red team on staff? I mean, obviously in like mega corporations, that's probably important, but I, I, was that overkill for most, most companies? It probably would be, um, for most companies, I think. Um, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, securities and layers, um, securities, you know, always needs to be improved. Uh, nobody's hack proof. So I think, um, if there is a security operations center or, you know, a, an organization has their own pen testers, um, I think that's a great opportunity to come in and do a red team with a third party um, with a fresh set of eyes to just look at it and see how an attacker would view the the organization. I imagine this is not a, a one-time thing. How many, how often do you think like an average company should, should incorporate these kind of things into their security posture? Like red team. I think it depends. Um, depends on if the organization um, is, is PCI compliant or trying to be PCI compliant. You know, there's requirements there for yeah. pen testing. Um, red teaming specifically, um, it just depends on on the level of risk that the organization um, is willing to accept and, and kind of the risk tolerance. So um, I recommend at least annually, sometimes twice a year. Okay. Um, but again, it just depends on the organization. So, uh, you know, we've already talked a couple of times about some fairly exciting things where you're, you're you know, sort of linking your way into the building or you're you know, getting onto a VPN or you're leaving, you know, drives or whatever. What are some no-nos in red teaming? How far is too far to, to, to get in? 
That is a very important question to ask. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are the ethics of this? Exactly. And, and I think it's very important to have that conversation up front. Um, so one of the things I do with my team is require um, a meeting at the very beginning where mm-hmm. we talk about the rules of engagement. Um, okay. So what's okay, what's not okay. Um, obviously, there's always a legal and ethical uh, boundary there. So we want to be cautious of that. We're not going to do anything that's illegal. Okay. Um, but, you know, it depends on the organization. Again, some, some organiza- organizations may be okay with, you know, picking locks in their, in their server cabinets and trying to right. get in, you know, to the, to the back end that way. Um, whereas other organizations um, may not be comfortable with that. And instead, they'd rather you come on site and do an escorted wireless assessment yeah. uh, and see if you can take the pen test from there, or the red team from there. Um, it really just depends on, on the organization. But setting those boundaries up front is, is very important. Um, yeah. Obviously, we don't want to do a denial of service attack. Um, I don't know any organizations that want us to go in and, uh, and affect the availability of the, the, the business. Um, <laughs> you don't want to yeah. take any systems offline or anything. Yeah, there's the illegality of breaking a window, and then there's the illegality of kidnapping a CEO. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> One might be a little farther than the other. So, um, yep. so I, I so let's say we've we've gotten to the vulnerability here, or or multiple vulnerabilities. Like, how often? First of all, on average, how long does it take to complete a full red team? Um, it just depends on the assessment, um, but usually about uh, two to three uh, weeks of okay. actual testing. Um, sometimes it can take a month or two at the most. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty rapid turnaround for the most part, though. And then you, you have to figure in there's time for the documentation, writing up the findings and everything. Sometimes that can take just as much time as the actual testing. That, that was my next question here. So you've broken the defenses either physically or technologically. Uh, how do you report your findings to the company? Do you offer prescriptive solutions that would prevent them getting in a second time? Yeah, so that's um, what we're really passionate about here. Obviously, we want to make sure that we're not just saying, you know, here are your issues, go fix them. Yeah. Uh, we want to make sure that they are leaving in a more secure state than, than what we started in. So um, writing up those findings are important. Um, if the findings are more of a critical type of severity, um, getting on a phone call and calling and waking up somebody in the middle of the night is not uncommon, um, depending on the context of that finding. Um, if there's something critical on the outside um, of their infrastructure and, and anybody in the inter- on the internet, public internet could go in and remote, you know, remote code execution on their servers, um, that's one of those wake me up type of phone calls. Otherwise, I think it's okay to wait till a status meeting to report that or write it up in the deliverable. Okay, so unless it's absolutely like a huge emergency right now, for the most part, you don't really report back to them until after the uh, the mission's complete. Correct, yep. Okay. Um, why do you think red teaming has received such a boost in interest at the moment? I mean, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of school by saying that the last couple of years, like searches for red team operations and, and so forth have, have jumped up quite a bit. Do you think there's a certain something in the air growing unease about the prevalence of major hacks in the news or something? That's a really good question as well. I think that um, from my experience, I, I like to believe that it's because um, organizations are becoming more secure over time. Um, those okay. basic security practices, um, you know, are, are being done. So you don't see as many patching deficiencies on the outside anymore. Mm-hmm. That low-hanging fruit I referenced, um, I feel like it's not as common as it used to be. Uh, and the threat landscape's changing a little bit. Um, so it, there's a lot more um, security awareness training that's happening in organizations today. Yes. I feel like almost every organization at least implements that at some point in time. Uh, um, so I feel like organizations, as they grow, as they you know, have their own intrusion detection systems and, and other kind of security um, systems in place, 
um, the most the next logical step is to test those systems. Let's throw a red team at it and see how it holds up in a real world attack. Well, to that end, let's let's sort of talk about some of the pros and cons of different vulnerability methods uh, that you utilize. It sounds like you use all of them. So, for example, run us through situations where an optimal solution is either a red team or a pen tester or zero day operations or white hat or whatever. What yeah. are what are some of the different levels, I guess. I'm looking for. Okay, yeah. So um, I think you can do any kind of level. I think um, the organization, again, has to ask themselves, um, am I red team ready? Um, mm -hmm. Am I mature enough um, where I get the most value now in, in having people come in and, and, and mimic an attacker from start to finish mm -hmm. um, as if a, a, a company was targeted by a, a, you know, a state actor or something? Mm -hmm. Or um, do I need to scale a little back a little bit depending on my security uh, maturity? Uh, maybe I should start with a vulnerability management program just to make sure that I have these checks in place and then at the end of the year or something do a, a pen test until you're ready to do the, um, the red team. I think everybody should try to strive to get to that point, um, but it's not for everybody um, right. right out of the gate. Do you think there's something about the the current thrill of the new of red team as a security process? Do you think companies would tend to over prescribe it as a solution? Is there, you know, things where, you know, oh, I want a red team thing, but you haven't figured out your vulnerabilities yet or anything like that? Is that that been an issue yet? Um, I think it's something you see commonly, but I think it's okay. just a matter of educating um, the organization, the the IT leadership, um, mm -hmm. just to take a step back and and see. Um, where they're where they're at with their security um, maturity again. Um, it's just a, a matter of looking at yourself and, and seeing where you're at. Um, I understand the need to want to throw a red team. You know, a lot of people are probably thinking, well, that's the most advanced thing. Why wouldn't I want that right out of right. the gate every time? Mm -hmm. um, but I just think you know, organizations might get more value in starting small until they're ready to do the the red team. Yeah, yeah, you got to walk before you can run. So right. um, what are your thoughts on the concept of purple teams, which is sort of a combo of red team attack and blue team pen testing? Is there, there situations where this is best served by this approach? Yeah, so purple teams are great, in my opinion. I, I think they're they're wonderful. Um, if you're fortunate enough as a red teamer to work in an organization where there's also a blue team, mm -hmm. um, as with my organization, um, it's, it's really an uh, interesting opportunity um, where you get to work closely with that blue team and, and sharpen skills on both sides. So what I mean by that is um, as we're doing a pen test or red team exercise, if we also have um, the opportunity to work with, you know, our SOC or somebody else's SOC um, alongside that red team, you get to see if, you know, you, you get to try to bypass their detection, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and you get to try new methods and see if you can push that envelope. Um, and then if you are successful, it's an opportunity to go back to the blue team and say, hey, I was able to get by you. This is how we did it. Right. You really need to go back and put these detections in place so that if somebody does this again, you can detect them. So I think it's um, really beneficial to both sides. The, the red team gets to advance and try new techniques. The blue team gets to stay on top of emerging threats. All right. So as we wrap up today, um, tell me a little bit about Pondurance. What type of security solutions do you bring to your customers? Yeah, thank you. Um, so Ponderance um, is based out of uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, we are a security threat hunting um, and response uh, company. We specialize in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also do everything um, from uh, business continuity um, to compliance to um, all the different security testing services my, my team provides, um, from your traditional pen testing to your red teaming. 
wireless attacks, application security, uh, you name it, we, we do all of that. Cool. Thank you very much. So as, uh, as we wrap up today, uh, what do you think the future of red teaming is? Do you think uh, what, what will red teams and the companies that hire them have to do to keep step, steps ahead of hackers and interlopers? What, are we going to have to keep sort of escalating things or, or will there be new sort of methodologies in place? Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think um, it's a constant game, cat and mouse. Okay. I think um, it's going to be one of those things where we're constantly having to stay on the bleeding edge of these new techniques, new vulnerabilities, um, because that's what the attackers are doing in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important um, to stay on the edge of things. I think, um, obviously, um, like the rest of the security community, I think this is only going to increase. I think there's only going to be more demand for this. Um, and like I said, as security organizations get more and more mature in their security posture, which I, uh, we're seeing today, um, they're going to want more, more and more red teams done. Well, Curtis, thank you for joining us today. This was very informative. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thank you all today for listening and watching. If you enjoyed today's video, you can find many more of them on our YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and type in InfoSec Institute, I-N-F-O-S-E-C, to check out our collection of tutorials, interviews, and past webinars. If you'd rather have us in your ears during your workday, all of our videos are also available as audio podcasts. Please visit InfoSecInstitute.com slash cyberspeak for the full list of episodes. If you'd like to qualify for a free pair of headphones with a class sign-up, podcast listeners can go to InfoSecInstitute.com slash podcast to learn more about this offer. And uh, speaking of security awareness, if you'd like to try our free security IQ package, which includes free phishing simulators you can use to fake fish and then educate your colleagues and friends in the ways of security awareness, visit InfoSecInstitute.com slash security IQ. Thanks once again to Curtis Brazel and Pondurance, and thank you all again for watching and listening. We'll speak to you next week.